This is the Storied Outdoors, a podcast somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark, finding clarity in the stories we tell and the adventures that shape us. Well, welcome to the Storied Outdoors. I'm your host, Brian Gill, along with my co-host and uh, dear friend, Brad Hill. We are uh, joined today with a host of people from Luke 5 Adventures. Uh, we have Trish, Kevin, and Whitney here with us today, and uh, I am just thrilled to have this conversation and um, this uh, to learn more about this, this opportunity in the outdoors, this ministry, this endeavor. Um, Trish and I, uh, we go back to our days when we both lived in Memphis. Uh, her husband and I were friends at the church that we attended, and um, we connected with them through that. And uh, one of the uh, a fun fact about Trish is that she was uh, that she hiked the Appalachian Trail. She and her husband tra- hiked the Appalachian Trail. Was it uh, Trish? Was it on your honeymoon? Is that? Uh... Yeah, we uh, went to Hawaii for two weeks first, and then we went. And hike the Appalachian Trail. So, oh, okay. It was so, about a month after our honeymoon. Wow, what a what a fun, uh, wow. what a fun series a, series of events there. That might be a whole episode by itself. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, and we we're joined with the founder and president uh, Kevin Swigger uh, of Luke Five Adventures. Kevin, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Um, and you're all, we're also joined by Whitney Blackston, who's the vice president. And uh, Kevin, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Luke 5 and what this is? Yeah, Luke 5 Adventures is a um, ministry. We are headquartered and kind of base of operations in the Cincinnati, Ohio area, although we are quickly becoming a nationwide ministry. Um, Our mission statement really is to create community, bringing families impacted by disability closer to Christ, showing empathetic love by making the impossible possible. And... uh, kind of our tagline kind of says it all in that we hike with those who can't hike themselves. So this story goes back a little, just a little over two years ago when I returned from a particularly um, inspiring hike in Kentucky. And I was all anxious to tell people about a new trail and new sights and sounds that I had experienced. And I, uh, I, I, I'm also a pastor. I've been associate pastor of a church in the Mason, Ohio area Uh, suburban Cincinnati for 10 years now. And I walked into church that next Sunday morning. And uh, one of the first persons I encountered was a lady. She at the time was 70 years old in a wheelchair from a car accident 20 years ago. And I walked up to Debbie, the sweetest lady. And I almost said, Hey, Debbie, man, you should have seen. And the words stuck in my mouth. Hmm. Uh, In hindsight, I'm convinced that God held my tongue in that moment because I, it just in that two second little interval, I could just feel that expressing all this excitement about what I had experienced, but it, it's something that she could never ever experience herself. And I thought that would be insensitive. So never really talked about that. Well, that conversation that never actually happened just haunted me for the days after that. And it, and, it, and God just put this restlessness in me that this this is just not right all of this beauty, God's incredible and awe-inspiring creation is not available to so many people. And so we need to fix this. 
So like we all do, I turned to Google and uh, looked and looked and looked and looked for a piece of apparatus that would do what I wanted to do. It was a really frustrating search because uh, there just is no seemingly. You know, there's tons of companies out there that make certain adaptations to the regular wheelchair or walker or whatever that allow people to get into the grass or maybe a, the gravel or something. But I was like, no, I want to take Debbie to the bottom of the Grand Canyon or up Pikes Peak or you know some kind of crazy place. And so finally, finally happened upon this piece of equipment that's manufactured in France by a company called the Joliette Company. And uh, began communicating with them and, and they quickly led me to their uh, US-based sales porthole in Denver. And that guy convinced me that this is indeed what I was looking for. So we made a few phone calls here to some influential people, raised the money, purchased one of those. It came and we took Debbie to a local state park and uh, we were down in the creek bed and up and over three foot tall trees and across a suspension bridge. And it just totally rocked her world and ours. You know, she had convinced herself or come to the realization that she would, until the day she died and got a glorified body, that she would never, mm -hmm. ever, ever be able to experience creation ever again. And uh, so that it was just so touching and so heart. Uh, gripping. Anyway, took pictures, shared that on social media, and pretty soon it, it just seemed like it was the next day that the story just started getting bigger and bigger. Um, organizations in the Cincinnati area like Children's Hospital and the Parks Department and Association for the Blind and Make-A-Wish Foundation started calling saying, you know, would, would you be able to serve us? And um, Fast forward two years, we've taken over 400 hikes in 40 parks in nine states. Last summer, we got some pretty cool nationwide uh, media exposure through uh, Christian Broadcasting Network. They, they came out and filmed a story and put it on 700 Club. Oh, wow. uh, one of the people that saw that story was in the corporate offices of K-Love Radio in California. And so he called and did an a, a, a telephone interview and that for two or three months broadcasts all across the country. And then we started getting calls from places like uh, Colorado Springs and Tucson and Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Wisconsin saying, how could, how can we do this too? And so we quickly moved from just a, a local uh, ministry to now opening chapters all across the country in the past like I said, in the past um, couple of years, we've done over 400 hikes, but now I'm looking forward to doing 4,000 or 40,000 hikes because of having these chapters all across the country. Um, the, the, the real impetus to making us um, viable and respected as um, kind of knowing what we were doing really came through our relationship with the children's hospital in Cincinnati. And that relationship was introduced to us through um, Whitney, who you just introduced as my vice president. Back in those days, uh, she and her husband had just moved up from Mississippi um, because of the special needs of their daughter and was involved in therapy at children's hospital. And um, I remember a day 
in a room not very far from where I'm sitting right now that it was becoming apparent to me that this was going to be bigger than I could accomplish myself. And I asked Whitney, I said, um, hey, would you consider being my co-director at the time? And she looked at me and she said, well, I'm not really sure what that means, but okay, sure. And I said, well, I'm not really sure what that means either, but uh, <laughs> let's just let's just do this. And, uh, you know, it's it's becoming a, the rest is history kind of a story. So I want to turn this over to Whitney and have her um, just kind of give her perspective as not only my vice president and, and doing a lot of the uh, groundwork for this whole thing and building the validity of this ministry, but also as uh, as a parent um, and her experience. So Whitney, um, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so um, like Kevin said, I'm originally from Mississippi. Um, my daughter, she has some significant um, medical needs. She has, um, she's completely blind. She's hearing impaired, um, nonverbal, has significant craniofacial um, anomalies, which um, she needs a trach to breathe because of those. And she also eats by G-tube and she has a vent when she sleeps at night. She has mobility challenges. And I know all of that sounds very grim, but she's a very happy little girl, um, in part due to being able to spend time in the outdoors. Um, so, but we were looking to move, um, where we could get more resources for her because we were quickly realizing that there was she had a lot of potential. And so we found ourselves um, at Grace Chapel um, and met Kevin around the time that he was beginning this ministry. And so, like he said, the rest is history, but um, we were believers before we had Emerson and we found ourselves um, isolated and having a difficult time dealing with um, life as special needs parents. And so we um, we were introduced to a ministry during a very difficult time in our life called Johnny and Friends. And they brought us off of that island. And I found value in rejoining the world, essentially, you know, uh, despite our difficulties. And that we were not alone. There were a lot of people out there that also struggled with different things. And so... Um, when I was introduced to this opportunity, I thought, how interesting that my family was served in such a beautiful way, and I can now turn around and do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, community was one of those things that I really found was, um, was very important for us in that journey. And so that's sort of what my passion is. I love the outdoors, but for me, bringing in those families out of that out of that darkness, out of that isolation, through the outdoors is what I love to do. And so um, I think it's interesting that I went through all of that struggle and those dark times in my life to um, help me be, to, be uniquely qualified to do exactly what I'm doing right now. And so um, sort of what we're hoping to see in the future is my, my husband, he was a manager, um, a regional manager in Mississippi for an organization. And he had this map on his wall with different pins um, where the offices were located. And when we got to thinking about 
what this would look like long term, I thought, what if we had pins just like that all across the United States, but those pins were the church coming alive beyond the four walls, bringing families like mine out off of those islands, mm-hmm. you know, out in, you know, through the outdoors and things like that. I mean, we never had a dream to go out and be in the outdoors and do these things until now we feel like we're finally living because we're realizing these dreams. We're finding our love for the outdoors and it's all made possible because of this, this mission, this dream, this organization. So. Yeah, that is, uh, I I absolutely love that. I love that you have a, um, a personal connection with it. Just you have three or three, your daughter and, um, and, and the ability to give her these experiences to, you know, even though she's limited in some ways, she's still able to uh, enjoy so much uh, of God's creation. Um, and, you know, you mentioned community. And, you know, I think that um, I, I feel like there is so much that, uh, you know, that we have learned going through this pandemic of, you know, being isolated from one another for so long. Um, about community and the the value of community and and like you said, you know, taking people off of these islands and letting them see that you know here we're we're in this together, uh, you know, and not just in a pandemic, you know, parents who have children with disabilities feel this all the time, feel like they're all all alone in this in this world. We have a lot of listeners who have children um, with disabilities, and so I know that they can relate to that. Um, I know Brad has a, uh, he's, he's having a little bit of internet, um, connectivity issues at the moment. But one thing that I think he wanted to ask was what is the significance of Luke five? Can you, can someone speak to that? Yeah. Um, in the fifth chapter of Luke is the account of the group of friends who had a, had a friend of theirs that was a paralytic and, uh, they wanted so badly to take him to go see Jesus. Jesus was speaking in a house in a nearby town. And so undeterred, uh, they figured out a way to make that happen. So they built a stretcher and they carried him to go see Jesus. And when they got there, uh, they found that um, that the house was so crowded they couldn't get in. So again, undeterred, resourceful, they climbed up the stairs, got on top of the roof, cut a hole in the roof and lowered him down to go see Jesus. So Basically, it was a group of friends that all teamed up together to help their friend go see something amazing that he could not go see on his own. And that's exactly what that what we're doing. Um, the beauty of, you know, there are and I'm, I'm not going to say we're absolutely unique in the literal sense of unique as in no other, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty close. Uh, there are so many opportunities out there for um, people with uh, mobility challenges, uh, other sports and things, but for some reason, hiking is not one of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, put yourself in the position of a person in a wheelchair or with some significant mobility challenges. And there's just, there's zero way to get to, you know, a Creek bed or across a bridge or whatever, 99 plus percent of God's incredible creation is outside the context of the room, the bedroom, boardroom, schoolroom, or whatever. But 
for so many people, they're limited to the 0.1% through no fault of their own with zero opportunity to go see the 99 plus percent. And um, another thing that's just really been fascinating to us that we've discovered um, for the first year or so, I, we, in, in conversations with Whitney and others, I was struggling to answer the question, why is has this been so pro- profound to so many people? It seems, uh, it, it seems so basic, and um, and so I couldn't figure out why. You know, why to all these non-based organizations are they beating down the doors to help to ask us to help? Why is this so profoundly impactful to these families? Well, that answer came on a mountain top in uh, near Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, in the Pocono Mountains. We had we were there serving the Tim Tebow Foundation and their new property called Rising Light Ridge. After the day's activity, they told us about a waterfall up on top of the mountain, and so Whitney's daughter Emerson was there, and so we put her in one of the pieces of apparatus we call Rosie. So we put her in a Rosie. We, there was no trail really to speak of. So we just traipsed ourselves up to go find this waterfall. Straight bushwhacking. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the beauty <laughs> of this. You don't go anywhere you want it to go. It doesn't have to be accessible. We can, you know, we, we specialize in the inaccessible. So anyway, so we're bushwhacking up this mountainside, found the waterfall. Emerson absolutely loves water. And uh, she would be a little mermaid if she could. But uh, so we put her down by the pool of water and she was playing with her hand in the water. Uh, The director of the property there took a photograph of her hand half submerged in this water. And God absolutely orchestrated the lighting of this photograph. It looks like her hand is half submerged in mercury or liquid silver. And Whitney looked at that photograph and she said, that reminds me of Psalm 42, the, the deer panting after the water and God quenching my soul's thirst. And she said, Emerson has no concept of what it means to physically thirst because nothing ever enters her mouth. But she has a soul that's thirsty. Wow. And she lacks the traditional means of quenching that soul's mm. thirst. You and I can quench our soul's thirst by time in the word or fellowship with other believers or worship or whatever. Emerson has trouble with so many of those things. And so in that moment with her hand playing in the water, God was quenching her soul's thirst. And so that was this huge aha moment for us that that's the why is that there are so many people, they may not even know they have a soul. Even if they knew, they might not even care or they can't put words to it. But that doesn't mean their soul is not thirsty to be quenched by God. <clears throat> and he, in his uh, in his infinite care and love, can choose to quench that soul in non-traditional ways. And so that's really what's happening uh, through our activities. I want to see that picture. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it to you. It's it's incredible. Um, I have another picture of a young man, a 30-year-old young man. Uh, we were serving a Johnny and Friends family retreat in Alabama. His name is Warren. And uh, big old dude. Uh, five years ago, 
he and his brother were walking down the sidewalk and some hoodlums came up behind them, shot him in the back to steal his tennis shoes My goodness. and watch or whatever. The bullet entered his spine, so he's paralyzed from the west down now. Well, we took him to a creek bed at, in Alabama and his brother was along. Now, his brother, this was the first time they had been together since the accident. They've been estranged since then because of the trauma of the accident. We took him down to the creek bed and we turned our head, but when we turned our, our heads back, they were laughing and giggling and playing in the creek, splashing one another. And um, I have this, I mean, just incredibly heartwarming pictures. We asked him what was going on and he said, this is the first time we've played together. And when we were little, we used to play in the Creek. Mm. And this is the first time I've, I've been able to do that since oh, then. That's good. And so God was again, once again, God's just showing off here, quenching Warren's soul's thirst through the ability to go down into a Creek bed and splash his brother oh, um, opportunities that without Rosie, uh, they would never have this opportunity. That's good. Yeah, I think one one of my questions, um, you know, that you sort of answered as I've been struggling with my internet connection was, you know, the Luke five story is uh, their buddies getting their their friend to Jesus for healing, um, which is you know pretty much what you've explained. It's not for salvation, right? We're not saying you you find salvation in the outdoors. If that were the case, we wouldn't need the cross, right? But it is, it does indeed bring healing. And those are the beautiful stories that you've been, you've been sharing that, man, that's, that's incredible. Accessibility to the outdoors does, um, it brings healing in our soul. It's just a lot more visible for somebody that's been starved of it, right? And, you know, in the Bible, multiple places tells about uh, Jesus showing himself through his creation mm -hmm. and you don't have to be a believer to be impacted by that and again you know these people these individuals may not and, and their family members may not even know or care that that's happening but it's happening nonetheless gives us an opportunity to have those conversations another kind of comical you know you, you talk about the the luke 5 story uh Part of our mission or our ministry is to our volunteers because uh, these volunteers, many of them come to us through Facebook friends of a friend or whoever. Many of them don't even know about the spiritual kind of twist to this whole thing. And there's been multiple times where I've been on a trail and somebody comes up to introduce themselves to me because they somebody has said, hey, that, there's the guy that started this or whatever. Go talk to him. And uh, I've had multiple times where people come up and say, so are you Luke? <laughs> they, they have no idea, right? And so I, it gives me a chance to say, um, no, I'm not Luke, but funny you should ask. Let me tell you who Luke is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm a very target versus tool thinking kind of guy. So my target remains unchanged. My target is always to introduce people to to Jesus Christ, well, the tool can be, you name it, it doesn't matter. In this case, the tool is hiking with this crazy piece of apparatus, um, just gives us an opportunity to reach the target that we're all shooting for. You mentioned the uh, 
you know, the, the impact on the volunteers. Uh, Trish, you're a volunteer and um, you, you work with volunteers. How did you get involved with this? How, uh, you know, this is something that I had never heard of until two years ago. And so, um, you know, how, what, what is your role and how, are, how has this impacted you? And have you been on some of these hikes? Kind of tell us what's going on with you with this. Yeah, so Kevin and I, I actually do not attend the same church that Kevin and Whitney do, but I knew Kevin from, we were both doing CrossFit at the time, and he was one of the coaches, so that's how I met Kevin. Kevin knew that I had a um, background in backpacking and hiking, um, and I don't know if he mentioned the timeline of when Loop 5 started, but um, it was kind of at the beginning, end of 2019, beginning of 20, and we all know that was a crazy year. Um, I personally had been um, in a very stressful season of my life. I, you know, was going to the gym at four in the morning, uh, four fifteen in the morning. I'd get up, go to the gym, and then work. And I just was at a really um, probably not a very good place in my life. I didn't I didn't know that until after the fact that I was as stressed as I was. Um, my husband was traveling a lot for work, so I was, you know, single parenting, three kids a lot. Um, well, in God's goodness, I actually lost my job because of COVID. And um, that was probably one of the biggest blessings of 2020. And um, because of that, I, I all of a sudden had all this freedom that I had not experienced in a couple years, a little bit more flexibility to you know, not be so stressed, but, um, I had also just kind of been journaling and praying over those years of being so, um, a little bit overwhelmed. God, I just don't feel like I'm able to serve in my community that you've moved us to. Um, as you mentioned at the introduction, you know, we met in Memphis and, um, we hundred percent feel God calling, called us to Ohio, but I kept saying, well, God, why did you call us to Ohio? Where, what is my purpose here? And, um, so in, because of me losing my job and Kevin, uh, just at the, at the start of it, just asking anybody and everybody who wants to help. I was like, oh, I've got all this free time. I want to help. So my first opportunity was actually, we went down to Mississippi for one of the Johnny and friend weekends. And I was pretty much hooked. And as someone who does have such a love for the outdoors and has spent a lot of days backpacking and hiking, climbing mountains, it was a real eye opener to me that um, there's so many people that don't get to experience that. And I just, I felt like you know, that was a way for me to give back. So I just, I fell in love with the ministry and my desire to be around other people, my desire to give people the same experiences that, that I get when I, you know, just go out with my family. Um, it's just, it's been really such a cool experience. Um, so I've, I've been on, we've, I don't know how many hikes I've been on, but quite a few. So, um, you know, you, you've been on, I think you said 400, uh, different hikes. Um, are all of these, uh, participants, are they all children? I know you took the, the, the lady in your church, but is it, is it primarily children? Um, or is there a mix? What, what's the, um, demographic 
Um, we have a wide range of people. We've had the youngest being, I think he was 18 months old when we took him. Oh, wow. And that was uh, down in your neck of the woods, somewhere in Alabama. And the oldest, mm, Kevin, correct me. Eight, 84, I think. Uh, we so were supposed oh, wow. to take out some 90-year-old. Um, only two hikes that we've canceled this year were with a group of 90-something-year-old um hikers that we were we were we had like a crazy storm come in and we just felt that was against our better judgment me, to did you say try a to take group them out of 90 something it was like a hurricane practically we're like we probably should you know cancel this one i think that's the only two hikes we've ever canceled and they would have been our oldest at 95 or something like that oh my goodness well um you mentioned earlier the uh something you were doing with the Tim Tebow foundation. Um, what, what was, what is that? And what, uh, is, is that something that's an ongoing relationship or what, you, what is, what is going on with that? Yeah. Um, this, we were introduced to them through a man at our church who used to work with the, the two guys who are now the, um, president and one of the vice presidents of the Tim Tebow foundation. Um, I'm I'm extraordinarily envious. Uh, somebody donated three thousand acres in the Pocono Mountains to the Tim Tebow Foundation a, a couple of years ago. Wow! And so they are breaking ground even as we speak to build a, a multi multi million dollar camp and conference retreat respite center um, outside of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, up in these mountains. <clears throat> well, because of the relationship of this guy in our church with with them that he used to work with them, uh, introduced them to, um, what we were doing. And so they reached out to us to help have us help them figure out the hiking component of this new property. And so we were able to orchestrate, um, several pieces of equipment to be delivered to them and went and trained them about how, how they could be used and this and that. And our relationship will just be, um, developing as that property develops. Um, the other thing that, um, that they are known for nationwide is for their um, prom mm -hmm. experiences for those with disabilities called Night to Shine. Yeah, and uh, so uh, they are now launching a, kind of the um, next generation of that uh, a program called Shine On, which helps churches um, develop ongoing year-round meaningful disability ministry. And so they've asked us to be kind of part of that curriculum too, so that I, um, the future is really not ill-defined still at this point as far as that relationship, but it looks like they will be suggesting to the, all of these churches across the country that, that uh, Luke 5 Adventures as part of their programmatic mm -hmm. offerings. So a uh, great, great bunch of people. It's a tremendous organization and we have fun traveling out there and and doing things with them and um we're just leaving it up to god what that looks like in the future one of the taglines that we use in the introduction of the podcast is uh, finding clarity in the stories we tell and the adventures that shape us you, you've told a lot of wonderful and beautiful stories just about how this has impacted those that you've helped get outside but for each of you what what has been an experience that you personally have been deeply affected by this not not watching others, but for yourself, how has the, how have these adventures personally shaped each of you? 
I, I'll, I'll start. You got, uh, Whitney and Trish, you can join in. Um, I've been in the ministry, uh, church planter, associate pastor, on staff with Athletes in Action, Campus Crusade. It's been my, my life. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years. I, I have to confess that the world of those living with disabilities was out of sight, out of mind for me. I'm a kind-hearted guy, but that world was just never, it was, it was just not a part of what I even thought about very much. And so for me, it's almost like God has awakened for the first time um, in, in me uh, a, a real heart for something that I should have had a heart for all along. Um, but just didn't because I just really never had the opportunity or whatever. I can make excuses, but they're all excuses. And so, um, you know, Whitney and others have, have really uh, taught me, you know, and it goes back even to things like how you speak, the words that you use, um, the phrases that you use, the um, dialogue and the, you know, descriptive things that you, you know, it's all part of, realizing that we are all image bearers. Mm. God did not make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, Emerson has challenges that I will never have, but at the same time, Emerson is going to be responsible for more people entering the kingdom of God than probably I will ever have. Um, and so he did not make a mistake when he made Emerson. Uh, he allowed, Whitney and Jeremiah to go through some dark times and protected them through seven or eight or nine years um, so that they could come out on the other side and be so strong and see rock stars for the kingdom and, and allow them the strength to give their child over to God as a conduit for kingdom growth. And so for me personally, um, it's been an awakening that I am so appreciative of. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. So for me, um, it's, a, it's many things, but the two things that stand out to me, um, for the most part is through this journey, like for, especially just for families who are impacted by disability in general, but, we have a hard time seeing how to find our place in the kingdom to serve because unfortunately things aren't always accessible. And then of course, like, you know, the things, the burdens we carry and those types of things. And then of course the lack of community and that isolation, it's hard to see ourselves serving in such a way to help grow the kingdom. But we obviously, you know, we desire to do that. A lot of us desire to do that. And through this journey, I have found my place um, in the kingdom and it's in helping to grow the kingdom. And it's been honestly one of the, the best experiences of my life, the most beautiful journey of my life, despite the hardship to get here. It's on the other side of this, it's, it's amazing. And so um, in addition to that, um, this past, in reference to Kevin's um, 
telling about Emerson at the, on, in the water that day, that actually led to Emerson learning about Jesus and me teaching her. And I'm sort of a, a ashamed to say that I didn't necessarily give her the benefit of the doubt in how to teach her mm. about her faith and live that faith out because mm. maybe I thought, how can I teach her and how will she understand what a lot of people consider an abstract concept? Obviously we don't, but you know, without your vision and, and her ability to um, communicate what she's understanding, I thought maybe it's too hard. And so um, I continued teaching her about the Lord after that day, because I thought how beautiful it was to watch her watch the Lord reveal himself to her mm. through living water, mm. <laughs> you know, through water. And, um, and so fast forward to October, she's, she's understanding who God is, the creator, and she's loving him and she's developing these concepts of, you know, him as, as who he is to her. And so we found ourselves celebrating at the end of an event, um, October the 3rd, um, back up there at that waterfall. And um, we were just sort of talking about a baptism that had happened um, that summer. And I was sort of, I had, my husband and I, we'd been sort of thinking about like, what does it look like for Emerson to make that declaration and be baptized? And we didn't really want to influence that. We wanted her to do that independently. And so I sort of like acted in faith and I was like, I really want to baptize her, but I really want her to understand. And I didn't know if she was going to understand or not, but I began giving the language and telling her, you know, Jesus is your friend. Um, he's living water. And she had begun, you know, understanding these concepts. He's her God. And, um, and we love him. We ask him to come into our hearts and, you know, and through that, she just, all of a sudden, as I was telling her the words to say, she said, Jesus, I want. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I was like, I was like, what? Am, what? I don't, she didn't need me. The Lord just just did it through her. And so um, I got to actually help baptize my daughter, at, you know, in a beautiful waterfall. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, incredible. so um, you know, witnessing that and finding my place in the kingdom and helping the kingdom growth. I mean, it's it's been a beautiful journey all the way around. Getting to know the people that we serve, you know, those people are heroes. They're they're amazing, and uh, they teach me. Even though I am an Im impacted by disability, they teach me. That's good. Another thing, I'm I'm gonna encourage Trish to tell her story about her kids too. One of the things we find uh, as people in the world navigate <clears throat> relationships with those with disabilities, it, it's often super awkward and disheartening and insulting sometimes or whatever. <clears throat> and so one of the things that's a byproduct of this is as we have volunteers who have kids um, experiencing these hikes and um, uh, the, Trish can, um, give testimony about the impact that these hikes have had on her kids as they've learned to not be awkward around those with disabilities to actually develop friendships and 
And um, Trish, why don't you say something about that? So um, as Kevin was saying, you know, it's kind of a whole family thing and um, we love it when our volunteers bring out their kids and their spouses and um, just make a whole day of it. And there was a particular day that I, we were going out on a hike and sometimes we know ahead of time who we are taking hiking. Sometimes we don't, <laughs> but my youngest, she was, I don't know if she was seven or eight at the time, but you have to know her personality. She's a bit of a fireball and um, to know her is to love her, but she's either, she's all in no matter what it is, whether it's all happy or all sad, all attitude, all, you know, she's just, she's, she's great. Um, but she, for some reason said, mama, I want to go hiking with you today. And I really, really did not want to take her because on some of our family hikes, she will be the one that's complaining about, I'm so tired. It's so hot. I need water. I'm hungry. <laughs> I need a and snack. I, really did I need a snack. <laughs> yeah. She, she's like a, a, every quarter mile, you need a cookie type person. And, uh, I, I honestly, as the mom, but also going as a volunteer, I thought, I really don't want her to hinder my ability to serve. And I'm afraid that I will be, you know, dealing with her the whole time that I'm not going to be able to serve these families. But I just said, fine, you can come. So I brought her along and we get there and the little girl that we're taking hiking was the exact same age as her. Mm. And a lot of our hikes, the parents do come along with the kids, but in this particular situation, and they're usually, you know, like an hour, we'll go um, half hour out, half hour back. But this um, particular family did not because they had several other kids and they just decided to stay back and let the hike be um, for the, their one daughter. And she was the exact same age as my daughter. And they talked and they laughed and they giggled. And my daughter would go and get her rocks and show her rocks and, um, I mean, it was just the coolest experience to see her role as a companion to these hikers. And, you know, God just kind of slapped me on the head and said, it's not just about you. There's, there's a need for people of all ages to serve. And, um, you know, since then she's cut, she's come on several other ones. My oldest one has come along and just to be able to do that as a family is really great. We've, you know, got some, hikers that we've taken who might have older siblings and when we um, take them out on hikes we make sure the whole family is being served so if they have a teenage daughter it's nice to have a teenage daughter that can hike along with them and talk to them and not feel like they're being left out because you know they're not the ones like that we're necessarily taking on the hike so it really is about serving the whole family and um and I love that my whole family gets to participate in that as well. Mm, that's so good. So, um, you know, we talk about these these, these hikes. The, this is a year-round ministry, I, I assume. I know there's some t- parts of the country that gets a little more difficult at, at some times of the year. But is this something that, can, that people can join you in? Um, if you're in their part of the world, or if you're in Alabama, couldn't we, you know, here in Alabama, join in on a hike with you 
Um, how can we get involved? How can our listeners get involved? Yeah. Um, so we are in the process of opening five local chapters uh, in other parts of the country. And so uh, starting in the spring, we will have chapters in Colorado Springs, Tucson, um, near Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Cleveland, Dayton, Ohio, and um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so each one of them will have their own kind of sphere of influence. Um, we here in Cincinnati, just because we have the bandwidth, oftentimes travel uh, to other places also. And so uh, we're constantly looking for volunteers, uh, also looking for other churches and individuals that would like to start up. So um, I, I can in, imagine in two years time, we'll have another dozen chapters. Um, so <clears throat> my I'm a very say yes, and then try to figure out how to accomplish yes kind of guy. <laughs> I can relate <laughs> uh, to that. <laughs> <laughs> to the angst of my wife oftentimes. And um, I, I'm having, or I'm being a very bad influence on Whitney because she's becoming the same way. And uh, so anyway, the moral of that story is that we could use all the volunteers we can get from anywhere in the country. And so don't let your listeners uh, not communicate just because they live in a, diff in a different place. We'll, tr we'll try to figure out getting people involved. <clears throat> One of the programs that we are seeking to launch this spring is going to be, we're calling it hike of a lifetime, which is going to be our, our version of a make a wish kind of an activity. Mm -hmm. And so people can um, apply for their wish to be fulfilled. And that may need to happen any, any place. And so we will not only are looking for local chapters to open out across the country, but also looking for churches that are any, anywhere in the country who might want to say, Hey, we, we love to be involved at least in the, uh, you know, mm -hmm. providing volunteers when you're out our way. Um, and we're, we're developing what that looks like, but, um, you know, for instance, we're going to take a young woman who was not supposed to survive her first couple of years of life <clears throat> because of brain tumor. And she's now graduating from high school. And so for her, her graduation present, we're taking her on a national park tour out West at the Badlands and, and uh, Rocky mountain and nice. Yellowstone. And so Whitney has been communicating with a church in Wyoming to say, Hey, we're going to be in your neck of the woods you don't really have to do anything except provide some volunteers when we're out your way. And so there's some opportunities, non-traditional opportunities where people can get involved. That's fantastic. We also, yeah. we, all, we also serve um, family camps through, you know, family camps, Johnny and friends. And so, you know, for those who would like to give, you know, several days in their summer to come and help volunteer during that time as well, we would love to have help. We're actually going to be in um, Alabama for Johnny and Friends Family Retreat two weeks this summer. Um, and so, you know, any of your listeners that would like to sign up to do that, they could just sign up on our website and they'll get our emails and our communications awesome. to stay updated on that. Yeah, what part of Alabama is it going to be? Um, kind of north central uh, Alabama. It's a, a, a Christian camp called Camp McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how are you guys funded? Uh, is this something where people can donate to or do you, uh, is there, are there funding <laughs> needs? Yeah. Is it- the, the, the preferred way of donating is to uh, write a check or uh, through the website and you start with a number that is somewhere between one and nine and then you add a whole bunch of zeros <laughs> you know, before the decimal point. That's the best way to do it. Oh, but man. yeah, we we uh, we covenanted from the very, very beginning that we would never charge our families mm-hmm. to have these experiences. Wow. Uh, I don't I don't want to have any part of any conversation where somebody says, hey, I'd like to, my daughter to go on a hike, but we can't afford it. Mm. <clears throat> so we are 100 percent funded by. Uh, individual and corporate donations, as well as uh, seeking grants and foundation gifts and things like that. And so, yeah, people can donate through check or through our website, the donate tab on our website. Yeah, we'll make sure we'll to, put that in our show notes. Yeah, we'll make sure all that's yeah. accessible on the website and the show notes. What's uh, we always close our conversations. We ask, what's the what's your next adventure? So what's the what's the next hike on the on the books for you guys? Uh, we have a, a pretty new relationship with uh, Mammoth Cave State or National Park in Kentucky. We were just down there last Saturday, and uh, part of it was wanting, us wanting to just get involved in a build a relationship with the National Park Service, um, but they're kind of in our backyard and. Um, and so I met with their supervisor down there at the park and, and she, she said that she grew up with a pet, with a dad who was in a wheelchair. And so she was all about this, but, um, yeah, talk about inaccessibility. There's just no way that somebody in a wheelchair can get down into that cave. <clears throat> and, um, and so, uh, we said, well, let's, let's start a, a, process of going down there regularly and giving people those opportunities so we did that last saturday and we're going to follow that up again in february and in march beauty about caves is it can be 10 degrees and snowing outside but it's 55 degrees in the cave yeah um i have one of the things i'm really excited about over this next year um just with my love of the appalachian trail we are in the process of training for a three to four day hike with one of our um, veteran hikers. He's just been, he's kind of been our, what we call our guinea pig, Mm -hmm. um, about 20 some years old and um, had a farming accident when he was in his teens and still has that sense of adventure. And so I'm super pumped because I love the Appalachian Trail. And so we're going to take him on that for our, what will be our first overnight experience. So wow. we're actually training for that, trying to get to where we are able to, you know, carry the Rosie for several hours and also for him and his comfort level that he'll be able to sit in it for long periods of time. Cause it is a little different than his wheelchair. And um, just to, you know, be able to, help him camp at night, something, you know, he hasn't gotten to do as much of lately. So I'm really pumped about that. That's going to be not in the summer, but it take, it's going to take the next six months of training. And there's a team of probably 15 of us that will be helping make that happen for him. And he's, he's pumped. We're going to be going to the Smokies. That sounds like a phenomenal trip. Absolutely. 
Whitney, what's on your horizon? Oh, um, when Kevin mentioned the National Park Tour earlier, my family's going to get to participate in that as well. Great. <laughs> so I'm super excited to looking for, I'm looking forward to that. That's one of those dreams that we never had until we knew we could. And so um, one of our dreams is to visit as many national parks as we can. And so we've got three under our belt and now we're looking forward to three more. That's awesome. Well, that, that's, that's definitely some of those that are on my bucket list as well. And um, so yeah. that's inspiring me to want to go out West and try to hit up some of those national parks. Um, <laughs> that's phenomenal. Well, I want to thank you all so much for, for joining us and for taking your time uh, to, to spend with us today. Um, we are, we're so thrilled to hear about this, this opportunity for people who, um, you know, who, who want to get, continue to get people outdoors, uh, at, at whatever cost, um, and, um, overcoming so many obstacles in more ways than one. Um, so thank you for sharing that about Luke five adventures. Uh, Brad, uh, you do such a good job of closing us and, um, we'll, uh, let you, yeah. Lock it down I echo echo Brian's sentiment of thank you for your time and uh, sharing your stories with us, but also what you're doing for those that, that can't get out there. That's incredible. And uh, we hope we hope the folks that listen um, are inspired to, to partner with you guys, whether it's financially or to come alongside you physically on the trail, which would be which would be incredible. Um, we're thankful for those who listen. Um we don't we don't make any money off of this we're, we're just really having a great time talking to all kind of folks um and meeting all kind of neat folks and so that was a certainly the case today um to be able to meet to meet you guys um we're thankful for listeners we're also thankful for those that leave uh that take time to leave reviews that's one way we're able to grow this podcast and to, to cast sort of a wider net for those to hear about um, things like Luke 5 so leave a review um, for us to help us grow the podcast and most importantly share these conversations with a friend maybe you have someone in your life who who, who needs to go on one of these hikes uh, and share this story these stories in this podcast uh, episode with them and uh, that goes a long way in helping us grow this podcast and and one of the things that we're all about is building that community um, that you're talking about. We're, we're doing that through these conversations, uh, digitally building a community through the podcast. So thank you for being a part of that. And um, we hope we hope this story certainly encourages you and challenges you um, to go write your own stories and share your own adventures in the storied outdoors. <laughs>